And I was like, all right, let's do it. And I literally put on a pair of jazz sneakers, which if you're not familiar, jazz sneakers are not running shoes or even real sneakers. Diz Runs Radio episode 564 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode, just want to let you know that today's episode is in fact sponsored by the book. The book being my book, uh, Be Ready on Race Day, which has been out now for uh, just just a little bit over a month. And uh, for the most part, the uh, the feedback has been positive, which is which is good. I mean, obviously, uh, I wrote the book to try to, to be useful, to be helpful. And uh, that seems to be the vibe that I'm getting from folks, at least the folks that are that are telling me what they think. Maybe there's some out there that uh, maybe some of you uh, didn't like it so much. And so I haven't been hearing that negative feedback, but hopefully, hopefully that's not the case. Uh, anyway, if you haven't checked out the book yet or, or haven't maybe uh, heard me talk about it, uh, although maybe that would mean that uh, you've been hiding under a rock, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, be ready on race day.com is the website with all the information. It's available on Amazon, print, Kindle, whatever, whatever format you pretend to prefer. Uh, but basically, the book is a how-to guide to help you figure out how to write your own custom training plan. Uh, there's, there's no, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in no such thing as one size fits all. But uh, that doesn't mean that everybody should or or needs to work with a coach. Uh, if you kind of like to do it yourself, kind of like to fit a little bit, or just kind of are sick of of the the free one size fits all plans, but you know, are not sure kind of how to to tweak it and make it your own. Uh, this book is designed to bridge that gap and help you go from either, either from scratch, writing your own plan or from taking, you know, maybe taking one of those, those one size fits all free downloadable plans. And then looking at it, looking at you, looking at your goals, looking at where you are with your fitness right now and tweaking, adjusting and making it actually yours as opposed to just that generic thing that uh, really isn't going to help you as much as, as making it personal would. So uh, anyway, if, if you want to check it out again, be ready on race or just search be ready on race day on an Amazon near you and uh, check it out. And hopefully, you know, if, if you think it'll help you, I mean, don't just go buy it to buy it, but if you think it'll help you grab it and uh, you know, see if it doesn't help you, you know, really put the finishing touches on the preparations for your next race. So without any further ado and any more self promotion, <laughs> let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today is one of those days where I honestly don't exactly know where we're going to go with this conversation. And, uh, in, in all honesty, those days tend to be some of the best episodes. So, uh, let's just kind of see what happens, shall we? Uh, in addition to obviously being a runner, uh, my guest today is also a fellow podcaster. She's a blogger. Uh, she's also a, a freelance writer and editor, and, uh, there's a few other surprises that we may uh, throw at you along the way as well. But, uh, without any further ado, it's a pleasure to uh, be able to go a few easy miles today with, uh, Ms. Allie Feller. Uh, thanks for joining Yay. us. Allie, really appreciate it. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super psyched to be here. It's nice to be on the other side of the microphone. Yeah, yeah. It's always uh, it's it's a, a different uh, a different thing that uh, is is definitely fun. I, whenever I have the opportunity to be on somebody else's show, it's it's fun to not have to do all the preparing, not have to do all the prep work, just be able to uh, you know have a good time, and that's hopefully what we'll do today. Exactly. All right, guys, if you haven't uh, already checked out Allie's stuff yet, and, and yeah, I mean, who are we kidding? You, you probably have. But uh, AllieOnTheRunBlog.com is the website. Uh, the podcast is Allie on the Run. Uh, social media is all the, all the handles, all the places at Allie on the, on the Run number one. So slightly, slight variation there, but I think you can probably figure it out. And that's Allie with one L and one I only. So A-L-I, uh, Allie on the Run, Allie on the Run Blog, Allie on the Run on all the... Th- Ali on the run one on all things social easy for me to say. Um, but I, I don't have to say it cause I'll have it all linked up in the show notes as we always do. Dizruns.com slash five, six, four for this episode. If you want to get some of Ali's contact information or links to, to things we talk about and all that kind of good stuff will be linked up there. So Ali, now that we get all the, uh, the house cleaning out of the way, um, the, the way we always start off the show is with a, a pretty simple and straightforward question that for some folks is a pretty simple question to answer. And uh, for some folks, it's, uh, it's, it's a head scratcher and, and gives us all kinds of fodder for other things to talk about as we go. But it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? 
Oh, this is so easy for me, especially right now. I am all about the 5K. <laughs> Give me 3.1 miles and I am a happy girl. So a year ago, two years ago, definitely four years ago, I would have said the marathon, no question. Mm-hmm. As soon as I realized distance running was something I was into, I did a bunch of half marathons, jumped up to the marathon. And for me, running the marathon was great, but I always really loved marathon training. Mm-hmm. I loved being exhausted. I loved the long runs. I just really loved the buildup. But I kind of realized over the past couple of years, I have Crohn's disease and I don't ever like to use that as an excuse for anything, but I really noticed over the past few years that my body was not responding well to marathon training. Mm. Uh, Part of Crohn's, it's an autoimmune disease. And so my immune system is already pretty shot most of the time, which is unfortunate, but marathon training was really beating me up far beyond having sore legs and being hungry at 3 a.m. all the time. And it just wasn't going well for me. And I would start out training and I would feel great and I would build up my mileage and I would get in the best shape of my life. And then on a dime, it would turn and I would get sick. I wouldn't be able to finish my training, wouldn't be able to race. And that was just a bummer. And it happened a few times. And finally, I was just like, you know, I don't want to give into this, but the marathon might not be for me right now. Mm -hmm. It might be for me again. I might get to the point someday where I'm like, yeah, let me try again. But I now I am like hardcore team 5k. (laughs) I think that the 5k should get far more glory than it does. I know there are plenty of people out there that love it as much as I do, but Let me just say to anyone who doubts how much a three mile race can hurt and beat you up, (laughs) the hurt of a 5k is like being at mile 20 of a marathon the whole time. It's you can push yourself so hard. That's what I love. And then, but you're, you're fine after that. It's like you run, you're completely gassed. You cross the finish line. You still get that runner's high. You don't need to run for four hours to get a runner's high. And then you can go on with your day and ideally take a nap and still do all the eating. (laughs) But I just, I love the 5k. I think it's a super achievable distance. And I think that it's so accessible, which is something that I love about running in general, that if you're a beginner, a 5k is a great place to start. It's a great goal to work up to. And if you're someone who's been running for 20, 30 years, a 5k is a really great way to push your pace, to test your speed, to see what you're made of. And Especially if you live in like a small town where there's 5Ks all the time, it's what what better way to spend a Saturday morning? And so, yeah, yeah, that's my very long winded answer. That that answer probably took longer than it takes some people to run a 5K. But <laughs> yeah, T- Team 5K for the win. Team 5K. That's it, and I am I am firmly, as everyone that listens to the show knows, implanted on Team not not a 5K. Um, I know. <laughs> and, and, and it's it's funny that, that you brought up the, the you know because. The, the the bit that the, the you know running a 5k hurts and that's why i don't like it like i would rather run you know for a couple three hours before it really starts to hurt and then only have to suck it up for the last you know handful of of whatever distance that i'm going as opposed to knowing that from the the time that the race starts to the time that it finishes it might only be 20 minutes 21 22 or you know 30 whatever it is but like knowing that in the 5k there's not going to be a single step that's going to be enjoyable for me it's, it's yeah. going to be it's just going to be a suck fest the entire way so see um, i love that though but it's like a quick suck fest it's like a 20 for me it's like a 22 23 minute suck mm-hmm. fest instead of a four hour i will also say that i've definitely not done nearly enough 5k so i have no idea how to pace myself in a 5k mm-hmm. so i go out of the gate as fast as i possibly can i convince myself i can hold on <laughs> then i look at my splits after the fact and i'm like oh cool i thought i was a 16 year old boy on the track team when i started <laughs> and i finished practically walking so uh yeah definitely don't do as i do mm-hmm. but i i love it i also find that most 5k's it's such a friendly atmosphere because you get a lot of families you get a lot of people who are out there and they want to walk it. And, you know, so if you're super competitive, pick your 5k accordingly, I guess. But mm. I don't know. I just love it, especially for where I'm at right now. I'm not in a competitive place with running. I'm not in a place where I'm really training right now. But a 5k is something I can go out any weekend and run for whatever pace I'm at. And I just love that. 
Yeah, and, and also like you said, it's it's a race that in most in most cities and towns, um, especially as, as you know, we start getting into into spring, at least theoretically, some places are still, you know, digging out of, of winter, but uh theoretically spring is gonna start <laughs> coming sooner or later. Uh and summer rolls around. I mean, you know, you kind of have your, your pick of 5Ks probably just about every weekend or two. You can you can find one locally, and, and if you're willing to, to drive to the next town over, you probably have, you know, multiples to choose from just about every time. So, you know, you can you can continue to, to hone your, your uh, race strategy. You can find the fun ones. Like, you, you got nothing but options as opposed to the longer races where it's kind of, you know, you might only have one or two weekends a, a year that, that it would be conducive to you in your local area depending on where you live. Yeah, and they're cheaper. They're mm-hmm. generally cheaper. Price per mile goes down in most cases. And <laughs> if you're doing a long run, most people are going to be, not most people, but a lot of people will start marathon training again for fall marathons. Throw it into your long run. Mm-hmm. Throw it in as a tempo. Throw it in at the end so that you get that push for the last few miles. There's just five, the 5K is the best. Well, I, I, I will stop arguing with you about that, but you're not going to, you're not going to convert me at least not today, Allie. I, not today, but I, I will keep trying keep chipping away and eventually you'll get there. You and I are going to do one together as a three-legged race and it'll be amazing. Okay. Well, we'll <laughs> that's how I'll convert you. All right. Well, we'll make that happen. And there will have to be some, some photo evidence of that at some point. I think uh, Deal. it'll be a good time. So, um, well, there, there, again, as as per usual with that that opening question, that, that brings up so many different things that we could talk about. Um, but but one thing that's that's top of mind and and you know f- fresh off the presses as at least as we're recording this on on your podcast, uh, you mentioned that uh, you know kind of at the point of life where you are right now, maybe not as much serious racing going on. Still jump in a five k here and there if if you're so inclined. But uh, you're recently pregnant. Congratulations. Thank you. I am. It's nice to have that news out in the world. Um, it was kind of fun keeping that a secret for the first couple weeks, but I am now as of today, officially I am 13 weeks pregnant. So that's pretty cool. This is my first pregnancy. So I basically, you know, I'm doing all the reading in the world and Mm -hmm. kind of too much. I've kind of banned myself from Google for the time being, (laughs) but I don't know what to expect. Everybody is so different and it's been super interesting so far. I keep saying I feel like a science experiment because some days I feel amazing. This whole past week I felt pretty horrible, just really like crampy and bloated and all those really sexy things you associate (laughs) with pregnancy. I was just feeling those big time. So it's interesting. And, and yeah, so I'm definitely not in a place where I'm being competitive about my running. I'm kind of running when I feel like it, which to be honest, lately I haven't felt like it because we've just been in this deep freeze and Mm -hmm. cold and I'm in, I'm right outside New York city. So I'm in New Jersey still adjusting to saying that even though I've <laughs> lived here for two years now, but yeah, I'm officially not a New Yorker anymore, I guess, but it's the weather has just not been super motivating. And, and that used to not bother me. I used to run through anything, but now I'm kind of a wuss. And so I do a lot of orange theory classes, which is a group fitness. It's all over the world and I love it. And there's one really close to me and it's a mix of running and rowing and a lot of weight training. And so I'm enjoying that right now because it's so scalable. So on the days I feel great, I can go a little bit harder Mm -hmm. on the days I'm not feeling so awesome. I scale it back. And in terms of running, I've had a couple really great runs, which was encouraging. And then I've had, I mean, the past two runs I went on, I was just like, this sucks. This is the worst. (laughs) But is that really different from any other time? Not really. So I'm kind of trying to figure out like, was this a bad run? Because this was just a bad run. Is this a bad run? Because I'm pregnant. I don't know. I guess I'll figure that out along the way. But yeah, super excited. And uh, I am due October 23rd. So we've got quite a bit of time to go. Yeah. Well, again, uh, congratulations. And not that I can not that I can obviously speak from the being pregnant part, but but I can speak from the other side of you know the, the, the partner in the situation. Our daughter will be uh, four in July. And, uh, boy, it's, it's still, you know, you still have those, those days that even at this point for me, at least, you know, where it's like, was it, was it a bad run because it was a bad run or was it a bad run because I spent half the night in a three-year-old's bed because she wouldn't sleep, you know, like, like, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, is, uh, you know, it, it's a great ride. It's, it's, it's certainly a blessing and, and all the congratulations, but you know, it, it's, it's going to be a, you know, the running is going to be a, a, an adjustment factor for uh, many, 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 many years, not just many, many months in, in that first year, maybe a uh, postpartum. Yeah, I am. I would say I'm prepared for that. I'm not prepared for that. I'm kind of (laughs) aware of it. And we'll see what happens. I also, I feel lucky that this happened when it did. Because I, the past year for me, I've done a lot of kind of sounds cheesy to say I've done a lot of growing up and sort of 
a lot of self-discovery, self-awareness, all that good stuff. And so I used to be very, I used to have a pretty unhealthy relationship with exercise. Mm. I've always been someone who loves it so much, but eventually that loving it so much turned into a kind of destructive pattern where I couldn't function without it. I was definitely experiencing a bit of exercise addiction and I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. And it was hard to get out of that place. And it took, um, it took a really long time. But right now I feel good to be in a place where if I can get out and run great, if not, that's okay. If I run up until the day I deliver this child, cool. If not, that's just what I need to do for my body. And it took me a really long time to get to that place. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens, but I have no expectations. I'm putting no pressure on myself. I'm not signing up for a five. I, I love my five Ks, mm -hmm. but I'm not trying to sign up for one every month to run it while I'm pregnant. Like I know there's a lot of people who do that and that's super amazing. And I'm very much in the camp of do you, right. but I know that for me, it's just going to be a one day at a time doing the best I can and practicing a lot of forgiveness when the best I can isn't what I maybe would have hoped it is. Mm -hmm. So well, forever a work in progress. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I mean, running's not going anywhere. Like, let's not, not let's not kid ourselves. You know, you're only going to be pregnant with your first child once. You're only going to have those that first year and, and whatever, you know, the second year that you're only going to have all those experiences one time, you know, the 5k, you, you can find a 5k anytime you want to, anytime you get the itch from, from now until, uh, you know, the end of days, probably there'll, there'll be 5k's out there. So, you know, yeah. take your time. And, and like you said, have, have some grace, have some forgiveness for yourself and, um, just, uh, in, enjoy the process. Cause it's, it's a whole lot of, whole lot of, of, you know, gray hair inducing, but a whole lot of fun as well. Yeah. So what's your advice for me? I mean, you've done this not being pregnant, but you know, you've, you've done the newborn thing. Any advice? Um, oh gosh. I mean, you know, try to block some of those things out. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, somebody told me, and I think this did prove true, is that you know that that first year of of having a baby, um, don't don't even let the idea of a PR cross your mind. Which I didn't even like think that was like, oh yeah, whatever. Like you know, we'll have a baby and and no big deal. I'll keep like no like like I still ran through most of that that first year, and, and obviously. Me, my role as, as the father is a little different than, than the mother's role and, and the recovery process and all that kind of stuff. But it's just like, like sleep is so sporadic and there's all this extra life stress and, and it, it puts a little, a, a different focus. At least I found like, not that it, it made our marriage different. It, it makes it different. Like all of a sudden it's not just the two of you anymore. It's the two of you plus this third little thing that you, that you created. So, um, just, it's just such a, a change. Like everything's such a change. So it's just like my advice, at least as far as running is concerned is like, you know, do it as you, as you enjoy, as you, as you see fit, but you know, give yourself a, a, at least a year, if not even a couple of years of like no real goals, no real pressure, just in, run for fun, run as a chance to get by yourself for a change. Um, and, and you know, whenever you're ready to get quote unquote back to serious racing, um, or serious training or whatever, like, like I said, running is still going to be there. So, uh, enjoy the time with, with the, the little one, enjoy the the process of the pregnancy and, and hope that, um, now that you're out of the first trimester, hopefully that's that, you know, typically tends to be the worst. I don't know if that's been the case for you, but hopefully be a smooth sailing for the most part from here on out. Yay. I like that advice. Thanks. And yeah, the first trimester was actually really good for me. I felt super lucky that for the most part, I felt pretty good. I was definitely falling asleep randomly at 4 p.m. most <laughs> days. I literally felt narcoleptic sometimes because I just couldn't stay awake. The craziest was that happened a few times before I realized I was pregnant. Mm. And I was like, why am I so tired? And then, of course, it made sense. But yeah, for the most part, no crazy sickness. I had some nausea, but nothing too debilitating. I never got physically ill, which I'm super fortunate for, mm -hmm. grateful for. Um, I'm trying to tell myself that because I've had Crohn's disease since I was seven, my body is choosing now to be like, I'm sorry, I've put you through that. I'll <laughs> let you enjoy this time. And then eventually I'll come back. But I think that for now, my body is like, let's just enjoy this. And hopefully that stays for yeah. a while. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully that, that does stick around. So, um, you know, talking about the, the Crohn's talking about, about just kind of, you know, the, the, the struggle that has been, um, and, and maybe tying that in with, with the running a little bit has, has running always been, been part of your life or has it been other, other areas? And, and how does the running and, and well, maybe we'll start there. What, what's, how, how did you get into the, our sport? Has it always been a, a thing that you've done? 
No, it was a thing I avoided. I was one of those. I was the I was the girl hiding behind the bleachers when everyone ran the mile in fifth grade. And then I like popped out at the end. We had to run like five laps of the field because I went to a tiny school in Mm -hmm. Kentucky, New Hampshire. We did not have a track. We had a field with a truck parked on the side of it. And those were our bleachers. It wasn't actually bleachers. (laughs) It was literally like a giant Mack truck that they put a couple benches on. So when I say bleachers, that's <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> basically the same. I sound so like Hicktown right now, but, uh, yeah. So no, I was not into that. I remember like popping out at the end and Mr. Martin, the gym teacher. And I was, he was like, what was your time? And I was like, whoo, 10 minutes. Like I had no idea what to tell him my time was. And he's looking at me like, I know you didn't just do that because you should have done five laps. And I saw you come around one time and I was like, yeah, no, was, that was awesome. I love running. <laughs> No, I hated it to me. So I was a dancer growing up dancing and running, you know, at least at the time didn't go together. It wasn't something that I, I I guess I just thought running was a punishment for a long time. Like running was, was what you did in gym class. If you took too long in the locker room to change, or if you were late, or if you, you know, did a bad job in the bowling unit, you had to go run a couple (laughs) laps or something. And so running was to me, running was punishment. It wasn't something anyone would ever chose to choose to do. No one in my family was a runner. I literally didn't know it was a thing. And so fast forward, we had a track team in high school, I guess I was so busy with school and dance. I didn't, I wasn't, I think I just wasn't really aware that that existed or I didn't really know what the track team did. Uh, again, we did not have a track in high school. There was like a little dirt area near the high school. I guess people probably ran on that, but (laughs) I never, I was never one of them. So then I went to college. I was on the dance team in college. My plan was never to be a professional dancer. It was just something I loved to do. I was competitive about it, but I knew I would stop dancing after college. I didn't know what I would do in lieu of it, but turns out what I would do in lieu of dance is I would graduate I would move to New York city and I would just eat so much pizza. So <laughs> that definitely, you know, that definitely filled the void, took up plenty of time, cost probably as much money, But I pretty quickly realized, okay, this is not a super sustainable lifestyle for me. I was working as a magazine editor for a dance magazine. So I was still involved with the dance industry, but was not dancing and really wasn't doing anything physical. But my roommate, who I found on Craigslist, and she's amazing, she had all these medals on her wall. And I always tell the story that I like walked in and saw all these shiny things. And I was like, what are those? How do I get some? And she was like, oh, those are half marathon medals. And I was like, what do those words mean? And she, because I'd never heard, I'd heard about marathons. I'd never heard the term half marathon. So she's explaining it to me very patiently, as would eventually symbolize our entire relationship are explaining things to me patiently. And I was like, all right, so like, can I have them? Or how does this work now? Do you just give them to me? And she was like, you have to earn them. You have to run a race of a certain distance. And then yes, you will get the medal. And I was like, all right, that seems awesome. How do I start? And she brought me to the local running store. She got me fitted for shoes because I... She was like, yeah, let's go for a run. We lived right on the East River in Manhattan. And it was perfect for running, gorgeous running path. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And I literally put on a pair of jazz sneakers, which if you're not familiar, (laughs) jazz sneakers are not running shoes or even real sneakers. (laughs) They're what you wore like in the 90s to jazz class that were cool. And they were also definitely not still cool in 2007 when I was wearing them, but I hadn't really kept with the times. So I'm like, oh, yeah, these are my sneakers. And she's kind of like, "Okay, I guess we're going for a run together and I'm not at all embarrassed. And I went out and I literally ran like four seconds. I think it was um, not even four city blocks because I had no idea what I was doing. She wasn't with me. She was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead in your jazz sneakers. (laughs) And I like go. It's kind of like my 5K pacing strategy. I went all out. And then I wondered why I'd only run for 14 seconds. I'm gasping for air because I didn't know anything about pacing. And then I came back to the apartment and I was like, just went for my first run. That was cool. The next day, of course, I was like, let me see if I can run six telephone poles or six (laughs) blocks. And eventually I realized there was a dog park a mile away. So that became my goal. And then I ran to the dog park, to the dog park and back. Then she took me to Central Park. I also, after that first run, she took me to the local running store to get fitted Mm. for actual running sneakers. So then I was I was a Brooks Adrenaline girl for a while. Sad. I do still have my jazz sneakers. They're Capizio (laughs) jazz sneakers. They're definitely still in my closet somewhere. But I don't run in them or wear them at all because they're not cool. <laughs> but they will come back. I, I trust that they'll make a resurgence. So 
Yeah. So I got hooked. We ran a four mile race together in Central Park. That was my first road race. I loved it so much. I mean, I ran it. I think my time was exactly 40 minutes. So a 10 minute, uh, 10 minute mile pace. And my gosh, you would have thought that I celebrated like I was Desi Linden just winning the Boston <laughs> Marathon. I I'm pretty sure I ate 19 pancakes that day. I started drinking with my girlfriends at like noon and went all night because, you know, I was like a sprightly 23 at the time. So I could (laughs) do those kinds of things and not suffer for the next six months. But yeah, I was so proud of myself. I was so excited. And it was just it started a whole new lifestyle for me. Eventually, I think maybe a week later, I signed up for my first half marathon, got that medal that she told me about. And then from there, I think it, it didn't take me long to realize I would want to run a full marathon. You mm-hmm. know, it was like I ran the half, I finished, I said, wow, why would anyone ever run twice as far? And then I think a week later, I was signed up for my first marathon. So, you know, they, yeah. they get you that way. As, as one does, you, you, you just kind of keep <laughs> keep going, uh, you know, raising raising the bar a little bit and, and pushing yourself a little bit farther. Um, bringing it back to, to the Crohn's, how does, how, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that maybe the, you know, maybe it, it Maybe marathon days are, are kind of done for you because it's 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 you know as difficult as it is to train for a marathon anyway when you're dealing with an autoimmune issue it's it it's just adds more issues more more things you have to navigate and, and deal with along the way um, you know how, how did how did your body respond to all of this you know this increase in running you know in those those early days while while also still having to deal with with the symptoms of, of Crohn's disease. Yeah, not great. So (laughs) the thing thing with the way that I have Crohn's, everyone is super different, whether you have Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, or even IBS. I mean, people, people with Crohn's and colitis get so offended when people are like, oh, I get it. I have IBS. And they're like, it's not the same. Mm. No, it's not the same. Crohn's and colitis are a little bit more severe, but they all manifest in ways that basically have you running for the bathroom at times. You really don't want to be running for the bathroom. And that definitely includes running. So Mm. The way that my Crohn's tends to happen or tends to flare is I get flare ups maybe every couple months, every couple years. It's always different. It's always unpredictable. And that's my biggest frustration with it. But when I get a flare, it's like, you know, basically happens overnight. I'll go from being super healthy to all of a sudden I'm in a lot of pain, a lot of stomach cramping. I'm running for the bathroom up to 40 times a day, Mm. which if you do the math, that doesn't really leave time for anything (laughs) else in your day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I have been known to bring my laptop into the bathroom with me and just kind of set up shop in there, which is so great to all the people I do conference calls with. So, (laughs) Yeah, not ideal. Um, I've had it since I was seven. So I would love to say that at this point, I have it all figured out. And, you know, I can roll with it. But the reality is that each flare is so different. Each flare lasts a different amount of time. And each one affects me different mentally, too, which is really tough. Some of them, I am like a total boss. And I'm cool with it. And I know how strong I am and I'm fine. Other times I become very deeply depressed because when I'm flaring, I can't do anything else. Mm. I can't focus on my work because I'm always in the bathroom. I'm so tired. I'm in pain. I can't record podcasts because I can't sit on a call for an hour. I'm going to be in the bathroom like nine times in that time period. So I actually had to put my podcast on hiatus for a little bit last year because I was so sick and that was a bummer. I definitely can't run. Um, I have tried to run through flares as much as I can. And usually I get a couple, like maybe a week or two in. And it gets to the point where I'm making so many bathroom stops and I'm so uncomfortable that it's not fun. Right. And the reason I try to stick with it is because I say, you know, it's not about the fitness. For me, it's about, well, mentally running does so much for me. And if I'm going to be depressed, at least I can get outside for 30 minutes or an hour today and get some fresh air and run. And, and early on, I tend to kind of be okay with making the bathroom stops. Eventually when I'm making six bathroom stops in a three mile run, that's just not fun. Mm-hmm. And so eventually I usually do tend to stop running altogether. And also to give my body that break that it clearly is probably telling me it needs. So that's super frustrating. Um, as, as much mentally as it is physically. I hate not being able to run. I hate feeling like that part of me is taken away mm-hmm. and I have no control over it. And I have no idea how long it's going to last. It's not like, say, 
getting a stress fracture and going to the doctor and them saying, okay, take six to eight weeks. And in eight weeks, you'll be fine to run and you'll build up and there's your plan. Mm -hmm. If that were the case, that would still super suck. And I would be really bummed, but I would know that in eight weeks I would be running again. And the thing with Crohn's is sometimes it's one week and I've had times where flares have lasted two years. Oh my. yeah, that doesn't mean two years that I didn't run at all right. because it kind of would come and go in waves, but really a two-year period where for the most part I was sick. And so that's what's hard for me is the uncertainty that surrounds it and not being able to plan for that and just kind of feeling like I have no control over my life. And so it definitely affects my running in that way. It also, one thing that I've loved so much about running over the past few years, I was a solo runner. When I started, I was so self-conscious that if I ran with people, I would either need a bathroom stop or I would want to stop for water. And what if they didn't? And what if I was too slow? Or what if I was too fast? Like all those things we tell ourselves before we actually run with people and realize Mm -hmm. no one cares about any of those things. So now I love the social aspect of running, but when I'm sick, I, there's not a chance I'm running with anyone else because accidents can happen. You need a bathroom when there's not one. And so you have to get creative. Mm -hmm. I am so creative when it comes (laughs) to that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it just sucks all around and there's not a lot of sugarcoating that it's definitely, I would say other than Crohn's, I have a very easy life and I'm Mm -hmm. very aware of that, that I, Grew up with very supportive parents. I grew up in a middle class, upper middle class family in New Hampshire. I went to college. I have a great husband. Like I have a really, really good life. And Crohn's doesn't negate that. Crohn's doesn't take away all the great things. But when I'm flaring, it's like all that great stuff is really hard for me to focus on or care about because all I can think about is how sick I am. So the upside to that is I am like the perkiest, most grateful person on the planet now because after going through a few of these flares, particularly in my adult years, now that I have a little bit of self-awareness, every single day that I'm healthy, I Mm -hmm. act like it's a party and it's the best day and every run, even the bad runs I'm having now, I'm just happy to be out there. And so it has filled me with probably an, an obnoxious amount of gratitude, but I think that's not the worst place to be, so... Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, obviously wouldn't wish that type of thing on, on anybody, but it gives you a certain perspective that those of us that, uh, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, that, that have, you know, don't have any of those kind of big health issues or, you know, you know, like you said, kind of, you're pretty blessed and have, have everything else is pretty good except for this one big thing. But those of us that don't have that one big thing, it's easy to kind of lose perspective sometimes to get caught up in the minutia of, of a bad run or a shitty day at work or, or whatever it might be. Um, and, and so, you know, Again, not that you'd wish it on somebody, but it certainly gives you that perspective that uh, maybe would be it wouldn't be a bad thing if everybody kind of had that once in a while. Yeah, and I hate to be the preachy girl that's like, don't take a run for granted, appreciate every day. Like, I know that's super annoying, but at the same time, I just like I do want to shout that from the rooftops that like we're all gonna go through something mm-hmm. at some point in life. And even with me, like, yeah, I've been through Crohn's. It's not stopping anytime soon. There's gonna be more, whether it's an injury, an illness even work getting in the way of stuff. Like everyone kind of has their stuff. And if they don't now, they probably will eventually. And so I almost feel really lucky in that I've already found this sort of attitude and, and this gratitude. I did not rhyme on purpose, but I'm pretty (laughs) proud of that. And that I found that now. And especially that I found that before getting pregnant, because Mm -hmm. that's a perspective that I really know is going to come in handy because I know that the next six months that I have at times are not going to be easy. I was lucky to have a really easy first trimester. I know that when I'm carrying an extra, however many pounds running's not going to feel as good as it did a couple weeks ago. So I'm kind of, it's easy to tell myself that now and to say like, Oh, if I can't run in six months, I'll be cool with it. Like maybe I will, maybe (laughs) I won't, but I'm just kind of trying to really drill that in now and establish good habits and a good mindset and, remind myself of all the good stuff every day so that when those crappy days do come around, they're less, you know, the the dark cloud isn't quite as daunting or quite as hard to sort of push to the side. Yeah. Yeah. And that's again, something for all of us to, to keep in mind because I mean, you, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, like, 
whatever it is, work, family, you know, health, uh, there's, there's a whole host of, of issues that life tends to, uh, you know, get, gets in the way of, of running or whatever it is we like to do from time to time. And so, you know, having that, uh, you know, be when, when things are going well, uh, not taking that for granted, but enjoying even the, the less than ideal runs, but you know, the weather's great and the health is good. And you had the time to actually go out and get a few miles in, like, you know, it's, it's easy to overlook that, but that's, you know, it's, we're fortunate to be able to do that on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. So shifting gears just a, a little bit uh, to to the blog and the podcasting world. What what made you uh, you know w- when did you when did you start the blog? I know you've been doing it for for uh, a good little chunk of time now. But what was the uh, the impetus to get started with uh, with writing the blog? Yeah, the blog. My blog, Allie on the Run, turns eight this year. Such a little grown up. Oh yeah. So, uh, so I started blogging kind of when everyone did. I think I. It was right around. So I started running in 2008. I started my blog in 2010. So when I first started running, I didn't know that running blogs or healthy living blogs, as they called them, I didn't know about any of those. By maybe 2009 or 2010, I found all these running blogs. And it was basically young women in their 20s or early 30s who live lives kind of similar to me. They had you know, some kind of office job and they were running and they trained for half marathons or marathons and they documented their training, their lives. A lot of them documented all their meals. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of like, that's interesting. And I loved reading them. I got super into following people's lives and it's kind of, I mean, it's the same reason people watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. We get a little bit voyeuristic. We feel attached to these people we've never met and we follow along. And I was totally engrossed in that. But I'm also a writer. My job and what I've been doing forever now is I'm now a freelance writer and editor. But at the time I was a I was an editor at a teen dance magazine. And so I was spending my days writing about dance and I loved that. But I missed I always loved journals. I mean, I grew up and I wrote in my journals every single day and I loved them and I live in fear that my mom has found them and read them because they're (laughs) definitely still at my parents' house. And I think that they would traumatize her. And I'm convinced that she has found them and that someday she'll bring them up. But hopefully not. But I realized I was spending my days writing stuff that that I was proud of, but I missed writing what I wanted to write. I missed doing personal writing and I missed just kind of journaling. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, I guess... I'll start a blog. I was starting to run more. I had run, I had run three half marathons. I was training for my fourth and I was like, I'm going to start a blog and please don't go back and read those early entries. Don't go to my (laughs) blog and go to October, 2010 because not my best work. But I started this blog and I, I never really thought about people reading it. I knew that I wanted to make friends through blogging because I had started running I was still new-ish to New York City, and I didn't really have a lot of like-minded friends. Now that I wasn't dancing anymore, I wasn't super into, like, I've never been a big, like, party girl. I've always been more of a homebody. I've always preferred a 10 p.m. bedtime to a 3 a.m. bedtime. And I wanted like-minded friends. I wanted people I could go to the gym with or people I could go running with. And I knew there were a ton of bloggers, running bloggers in New York City. So I was kind of like, yeah, I'm going to start one, too. Mm-hmm. And that was a good time. Even I felt like I was getting into the game pretty late, but it was never, I never planned for it to be a job or anything like that. I didn't know you could make money off blogs. So I just started it and I was kind of documenting my running and my training and go figure what made my blog, I guess, a little more popular. I, you know, you could use the phrase, what made it blow up a little was when (laughs) I wrote about my breakup. Mm. I had been dating and living with a boy and he broke up with me. And about a month after the fact, I wrote about it and I think I got like a hundred comments on that post, which like normally I would get maybe like 20 max, like Mm -hmm. 20 on my best day. And that to me was super duper exciting. But all of a sudden I was getting like 80 comments, a hundred comments. People really liked the personal stuff. So I think then I, I just started writing about more than running. I was writing about my personal life, a little bit about my job and just kind of sharing my life. And so that's how it started. And then I was blogging as I trained for my first marathon, which was amazing because I really got a lot of support that way. And so, yeah, I don't blog nearly as much now just because 
I find that I don't have as much to say. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm not like, I work from home. I'm freelance. My days are generally behind a computer. They're mostly pretty boring. And so <laughs> I don't have as much to say now. And it's also like, if you look back, I really didn't have a lot to say then either. I just found things to say. And so I've always loved it. But now my focus is definitely on the Alley on the Run show, which is my podcast that I launched last Feb. So February, 2017, And that for me, I just wanted to shift gears a little bit. I loved writing about myself for seven years, but what I've always loved, what drew me to journalism, what drew me to my career is I love talking to people and I love sharing their stories. Mm -hmm. And the best part of doing that is you get to do this self-reflection afterward. I love bringing people on the show that I think are super inspiring and then getting to reflect on that and saying, all right, how did, how can I apply what they're doing in their lives to my own? How do they make me want to be a better person? And so it's totally selfish in that way, in that I'm basically just finding an excuse to talk to people I think are cool and (laughs) it's super rewarding. And I just love talking to people. And so that's where the podcast is at. Gotcha. When, uh, when you started the podcast, how, you know, you mentioned, um, going back and like, don't go back and look at my first, you know, however many years worth of, of written articles. Cause they're so bad. Uh, have you, have you gone back and listened to some of those early episodes no. of the podcast yet? No, I will never. <laughs> um, I basically, when I finally launched the podcast, I had been talking about doing it for at least six months and I sat on it and I sat on it and I just wasn't launching it. And like that was killing my husband because he's such a doer and I'm such a procrastinator and a worrier and I don't want to launch things until they're perfect. And finally he was just like, dude, can you just do this already? Like, can you stop talking about it? So I was like, all right. And I think I like went on Instagram or something and was like, I'm launching my podcast next week. And I had nothing ready to go. Mm. I didn't have a name or a logo or, um, I don't know, any interviews done. <laughs> so the first four were so scrappy. Um, actually the second episode, well, the first episode ended up being one. Of, it still is one of the most popular I've ever done. I brought on my friend, Emily. She's Emily Swifts on the internet and we're good friends and she's just hilarious. And she was a blogger for a long time. So I think people who follow me were excited to hear from her again. Mm. So that episode did really well. But I mean, in terms of audio, in terms of editing, I didn't do like intros or anything. It was just kind of the conversation just started. So yeah, I would say the first four were pretty rough and then, and then it got better because the first four were pretty hasty. Um, I'm sure if I go back, I'll find all kinds of things to hate about them. Uh, you know, I always will. I'm a perfectionist, but I would like to think that I did come into this with enough journalism skills, people skills that the actual conversations have always, at least I hope the conversations have always flowed and been valuable. The audio, I can't quite vouch for (laughs) that. I mean, I, my episode that's coming out this week, I totally botched the audio because I had the wrong computer settings. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I've been doing this for a year and a half. How did this happen? Uh, Yeah. So that will forever be a work in progress for me, I guess. Hopefully not. Hopefully I fix that and everything's perfect soon. But, but yeah, the first couple episodes were definitely a little dicey, but I still recommend one of my all time favorite episodes is episode number six with my friend, Chris Heisler. And I still recommend that one. When people are new to the show, I give them a couple episodes to start with and that's still one of them. So, so yeah, it was, it was a quicker learning curve for me. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I would challenge you at some point to go back. No. And, uh, do it, do it. It's. It, I'll tell you what though. Like it's. It makes you cringe. Like like I don't. Uh, you know, I've been doing this long enough that I don't care about hearing my voice. Like you know, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like hearing my voice is so. You know, uh, do I really sound like that? And and that doesn't bother me. But what bothers me is just uh, just being able to see the growth. Uh, or the, at that point, the lack of, of <laughs> ability of, you know, carrying on a good conversation. Like, even though I thought I was a decent conversationalist, but like I was really monotoned or I, I you know, somebody would say something and instead of like asking the most obvious follow-up question in the world, it was like, nope, I, my notes say that <laughs> oh, I have yeah. to ask about this thing yeah. next. And so, um, it's been, it's been a good learning experience. And I used to say, don't go back and listen to the first 50. And now I think I say, don't go back and listen to about the first 150 and, and it won't be long until I'm sure I'm probably, it's, you know, the, the first 250, just let those, let those go and stick to the more recent yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I do remember a couple of early ones where I had just my list of questions 
and I went through my list of questions. And I remember at one point I was talking to someone and we had already talked about her job and we had already moved on to talk about something (laughs) else. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I want to go back to your job and ask like a super specific question. And I'm like, what were you thinking? Like we were off that topic. Um, But that is also kind of how I am in real life. My dad cannot handle being in a room when it's me and my mom because we will jump from 19 different conversations and she and I follow it just fine. But he'll sit there like, what is happening right now? So I do kind of converse in that way anyway, but that is maybe doesn't provide the best listener experience. So something to work on there. Yeah. But I think people get, get used to that. I think that, that, you know, like you said, your mom kind of can follow that kind of stuff. I think there's people out there that, that that's, that that's kind of how their minds work too, where it's, you, you'll say, yeah, my, my wife is that way too, where you say something and she, she connects like 18 dots in about two seconds to get to something else. You go, how the, what, what, how did we, we get here? What are we doing? And she's like, well, hold on, I'll explain it to you. And you're like, how did you get, like, what? It, it's, I, I mean, yeah. 12 years later, I still can't, I'm still pulling my hair out and not understanding what the heck, how, how her mind works sometimes. Yeah. My husband sent me an article about that once that was like women's brains function at like such different levels than men's like men are so focused. And I don't know how much this is science or just some person's take, but yeah, it was like men think in boxes, like we're in one box. And when we're done with that box, we close it and we open the next box and we think about what's in that one. Whereas women, like we have all the boxes, all the drawers, (laughs) everything open at once and we're fine. So who knows how accurate that is, but I kind of, it's, it's accurate for me. Yeah. Well, and that's, and, and, you know, again, everybody kind of does, does their own thing and, and to each their own and, and whatever works for you. And, and obviously the, the show is, the show is popular. The show's growing. It's, it's really good. So, you know, it, it's working for you whatever, whatever mix you're doing, it's, it's working just fine. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's fun. I love, I love it. I'm having a blast with it. It's the thing I'm enjoying most in my life right now. So that's pretty cool. Good deal. And, and for those that um, are, are maybe looking for a show to add to, to the list, um, w- w- once a week, right? W- what is the day that the show releases yes. on? Every Thursday, a new episode. So it's the Alley on the Run show. It's everywhere. It's iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all the usual suspects, wherever you listen to podcasts. And yes, new episodes every Thursday. And it's gen- it's for runners, but we talk about everything. A lot of career stuff, a lot of just general motivation, uh, my goal is to always make people laugh at least once and people have been known to cry at times too. So you get a little bit of everything. It's super fun. Fantastic. And, and Thursdays is a great day to release a show because it's a day that I don't release a show. So guys, <laughs> there you <Perfect>. go. <laughs> go. So on your day that you don't have something, there we go. We're a great team. Right. As, as if, as if well, we all need another, another podcast or two to listen to. Let's not kid ourselves. So uh, check out, check out Allie on the run uh, on whatever, whatever device you listen to this on, unless you're on the website, literally listen to this, which Lord knows none of us do that. We're all out on the go listening on our phones. So, so check out Allie's show. Um, and, and Allie, now as, as we're getting to that, that point of kind of wrapping things up, um, the way I like to, to end the conversations is with something that I call a, a philosophical question, which basically is just my fancy way of saying, here's another open-ended question. You can do with it whatever you want. Um, could be long answer, could be short answer, could be somewhere in the middle. And, and, and you know, it's just a, a nice little place to kind of wrap things up that's maybe a little bit less specific to anything that we've talked about so far. Um, but I'd just be, be curious at, at this point in your life in the, the, you know, decade or so that you've been, uh, running and, and, you know, running different races and, and the, the changes that you've made, the, the life changes, all the, all the good things that have come along and maybe some of the not so good things that have come along in life while running has been a part of it. Um, what has running, is there anything? And if so, what would it be that, that running has, has taught you that maybe, you know, uh, obviously it's impossible to tell, but if you, if you weren't a runner, maybe you wouldn't have learned, XYZ lesson that because you're a runner, you have, you have been fortunate enough to, to maybe learn that has applied not only to your running, but to other areas of life as well. So, um, anything that, that sticks out in your mind that maybe running has taught you that, uh, you've been able to apply in life beyond just, uh, you know, picking them up and putting them down on the sidewalk uh, every, every couple of days. Oh gosh, everything. I think I would be an idiot without running. Um, <laughs> I, I think the first thing that comes to mind is patience, mm. understanding that with anything, good things sometimes take time. And I am a very impatient person. So I think if if my husband listens to this episode, which hopefully he does, and he just heard me say patience, he's going to laugh to himself <laughs> because I am not a patient person. But I think with running, like in life, there will be setbacks, injury, mm-hmm. illness, work getting in the way, all the things we already touched on. And also sometimes progress doesn't happen as fast as you want. You can go out and do all the speed work, all the tempos, crush all those long runs. 
And sometimes it takes a long time to see progress and improvement. I know that for me, I... I saw really fast improvement when I first started running because I didn't know how to push myself. And so I went from running my first couple races at, you know, my first marathon was I think like a 413 and then my second was a 351. Mm -hmm. So I cut off a significant chunk of time, but that's because I ran more. I started to understand it better and I learned how to push myself more. I learned how exhausted I should be at the end of, uh, you know, at the end of a 400 meter interval. I I figured it out. I'm, I mean, I didn't figure it out, but I got better at it. <laughs> and, and I saw a lot of progress really fast, which was super encouraging. I, in 2011, I was running a lot of races and for a long time, every single race I ran was a PR. And so I was like, running is the best. You win every time, you know, against <laughs> yourself, of course. And then fast forward to 2012 and no races were PRs. And it wasn't because I was training any less intensely or any less hard. I was still working really hard, but once I improved to a certain point, it got harder to cut, you know, it's, it was easier to cut minutes off than seconds Mm -hmm. of certain times. And I got super frustrated and I really beat myself up and I was really disappointed because for so long, every race I had was a great race. Every race I ran was the best race of my life. And I didn't have any disappointments. And so then when I started having setbacks, disappointments, races that didn't reflect the training I had done, I was like, well, what the hell? Like, that's not how this is supposed to go. And it took a lot of good, wise runner friends telling me like, Allie, not every race is a PR. There's no way for that to be possible. And learning to be okay with disappointments, learning to reframe them as experiences, not disappointments. And of course, that's something that's so easy to do after the fact. When you're in the moment mm-hmm. and you didn't just run the race you wanted, that that sucks. And, and also learning that it's okay that that sucks. I mean, I ran at the end of 2011, I wanted to run a half marathon PR. Keep in mind, I had already run a significant half PR that spring. So why I felt the need to already run another one was, you know, I've always been an overachiever, I guess, but (laughs) the race didn't go well at all. It was horrible. Physically, mentally, it was not the day for me. And I was pissed. I was sad. I was devastated. Of course, where did I let all that out on my blog? And it was the first time that I had really gotten feedback that was like, girl, shut up. Like, stop whining. No one cares. You're overreacting. Like, it was the first time that people kind of came out of the woodwork that maybe weren't as nice as all the people were when I went through my breakup. And so I took that hard. And it was just, that was a bad, that was like a bad two-week period for me. And it was really hard to bounce back from that. And it took me a long time to be able to say, no, you know what? It's okay that I was disappointed. And it's okay that I beat myself up a little bit because I wanted better for myself and because I cared. And caring isn't bad and having high standards isn't bad. People are constantly telling me, Allie, you're too hard on yourself. Stop beating yourself up. And I can't relate to that at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm never going to be someone who's like, you know what? You're right. I'm being too hard on myself. No, I want the best for myself. I want the best for my family. I'm always going to be hard on myself, not to the point that it's crippling or debilitating, but because I have really high standards at this point in my life. And if I don't meet them, I want to change whatever I did so that I can, Mm -hmm. and I want to push myself. And that's, you know, but when I, you know, when I'm sick, when I'm going through those points, I don't have that same mentality. So it's kind of, it comes and goes for me, but running has definitely taught me the value of the highs and lows in life and that you can learn from both of them. So I think that's, that's a really big one. Running has also taught me and instilled in me a lot of self-confidence that I definitely didn't have when I was a dancer. I've always had some level of confidence. I've never been like the sad girl in the corner. I've always been really outgoing, very extroverted. I've always loved meeting people, have never been afraid to put myself out there. But I did get to a point late in my dance career. I mean, I had my my dance teacher called me fat. She mm-hmm. told me I would be able to jump higher if I weighed less. Like, And that stuff, for as much as it rolled off my back, the fact that she told me that when I was 17 and now I'm almost 33 and I still remember it. It obviously didn't roll off my back as much as I'm telling you it did. So I think running helped me running, helped me through some relationships. I mean, I mentioned that breakup, that breakup messed me up. That Mm -hmm. was bad. We were living together. I thought we were going to get married. Thank God we didn't, but (laughs) obviously, 
Um, but that was really hard for me. And that really shattered my confidence when you are living with someone who then breaks up with you, goes on a date with someone else while you're still living together. Mm. Just it crushed me. And so when I felt really alone and scared and sad, running was the one thing that I knew I still had and go figure, man, Three weeks after that breakup, I ran that half PR. I took my half marathon from two hours to 144. So that was a good day. And that day was like the best confidence boost because no one helped me do that. I did the training. I didn't have a coach at the time. It was just me. I was the one putting in the work. I, sh- I went to that race. I ran that race by myself. No one paced me. No one helped me. And I, by myself, shaved more than 15 minutes off my best time. And so running helped build me up in a time I really needed it. And and so I'm just super grateful for that because it's, like you said, it's always there. Sometimes it feels like it's not. I know that when I'm sick, I feel like running and I will never get to reunite. And I feel like I'm not Allie on the run. And I feel like a big part of my identity is missing. But running's always going to be there. There's always going to be another marathon if you want it. There's always going to be another race, another run, another opportunity. And I think that is true in life as well. That maybe, you, you know, there have been times that I feel like I've blown something at my job or I missed an opportunity. There's always another one. And if it's not super obvious, you can make one and find it. And, and the power of hard work, right? I mean, Desi Linden, she showed us all of that when she just won Boston. She didn't have magic shoes. She didn't have any gimmicks. That girl put in the work for a really long time. She faced setbacks and disappointments. She took breaks and she became the first American woman to win the Boston Marathon in my lifetime. So mm-hmm. I think there's so much inspiration to be found there. And so, yeah, I gave you the long answer. You said it could that could go one of two ways. <laughs> I think that should come as no surprise to anyone who knows me that I gave you all the words in my head. Uh, it's the, and there. As as per usual, there's there's no way to top that. So we'll just wrap things up and, and let and let those let those words simmer for a little bit in, in everybody's ears. So again, guys, if you want if you want a little bit more Allie in your ears, uh, check out Allie on the Run the podcast uh, again on whatever whatever app device whatever you're listening to this on. You can probably find it there. Just search for Allie on the Run, Allie on the Run blog dot com, and on all things social at Allie on the Run then the number one. Uh, and again, disruns.com slash five, six, four. We'll have everything linked up there in case you're uh, on the go and uh, don't have the time to write something down or do the little searching uh, in, in your, in your app right now. Uh, just head over to the show notes. And we'll have everything linked up there. So uh, Allie, thank you. Uh, thank you for the time. Obviously, thanks for, for so much. There's so many things out of this episode to, to take away. So thanks for, for sharing everything. And uh, again, congratulations on the baby. Wish you nothing but the best in the pregnancy going forward with the podcast, all the things, uh, nothing but the best. And, and thanks for the time today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited for our three-legged race 5K. <laughs> I count on it. You thought I forgot that an hour ago, but I didn't forget. We're doing it. It's right. going to be amazing. It, it will happen. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Allie and myself. And as always... I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. What was what was something that uh, was a little bit of a takeaway? Something that was maybe a head scratcher? Something that made you actually go back and press rewind and listen to it again? Um, for me, it it kind of came down to uh, when when Allie was talking about her Crohn's disease and how um, you know because there's been times when she's really you know had had some issues, had some struggles where you know each you know, we're we're just getting through a run, a short run was. Uh, you know, quite the, the feat, quite the accomplishment and how that has kind of, you know, reminded her and, and it reinforced in her to not take those types of things for granted, to not, uh, not take the, the good days for granted. Um, and it just, it just got me thinking a little bit about how guilty I am of that, of taking for granted the fact that I can, you know, go out and, and, knock out a few miles here and there or, you know, whatever it is, you know, and, and running in, in other areas of life, just, you know, taking, taking what we have and, you know, what, what I'm blessed and fortunate enough to, to have for granted and how that, you know, it, it, it sucks when you have to be in a situation where you, you, you aren't able to do those things where maybe there's an injury and you're not able to run or there's a sickness or something, whatever it might be, some type of hardship, struggle, for you to, to realize how important 
and how how fortunate you can be. At least that's at least that's kind of where my mind was going during that that portion of the conversation. So uh, the, the the chat today was just a, a real good reminder to me that every day is is something that I need to be thankful for and take advantage of and you know live to the fullest. And every run is the same thing. You know, you never know. Uh, you know, not trying to take a dark turn here, but you just never know when you're not going to get to run anymore. Uh, you know, we, I know I've got plans to run for, for years and years and decades and decades from, from today, but you never know. You never know. So that, that next run when it's just a, a silly three miles at, at easy pace to, to shake the rust off or, or whatever it is. And it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, three miles, whatever. No, no, be happy, be proud, be thankful, be grateful. That, that I got to go out to get those miles in. That's that's the kind of mindset I need to have. And that was that was the takeaway that I got from the conversation today with Allie. So uh, don't take the, don't take anything for granted, especially the the kind of the mundane, the ho hum, the the good times, because they may not always be there. And when when they're gone, boy, you're gonna you're gonna miss them, you know. And and so take advantage of it, appreciate them, be thankful when the time is is there to to have those those good times, those smooth sailing, those easy runs. Uh, that's That was my takeaway. What about you? Let me know. Shoot me a tweet at DizRuns. Shoot me an email. DizRuns at gmail.com. And as always, you can head over to the show notes for this episode or any episode and leave your feedback, th- thoughts, takeaways, comments there as well. Uh, DizRuns.com slash 564 for this episode. And, and as you would expect, we've got everything linked up. Links over to, uh, to Allie's website, social media accounts, podcast all of those things check it out alley on the run is the podcast on a podcast app near you or on a podcast app that you're currently listening to go ahead and search it up find it subscribe you will not be disappointed so with that we'll go ahead and put a bow on this thing uh, be ready on race is the book if you want to check it out uh, and if you have any questions about it let me know uh, and, and obviously there's a lot of information on the website you can check the reviews on amazon there's a few of those trickling in thank you to everybody who's left a review so far if you're a listener of the show really appreciate it and uh until next time, please be well, take good care, and don't take don't take the little stuff. Don't take those easy runs for granted. They're they're special, they're important, and each one is uh, is something to uh, to cherish. So so do that. At least that's what I'm going to do, and I would encourage you to do the same. So until next time, take care. Talk soon. See you guys. <laughs>